Hello and welcome to Story on the Spot. My name is Jim Haskett going over clockwise over there. Mr. Ari McGee, aka Nature Boy Ric Flair Woo! down there. <laughs> Nick Thacker had to scroll up. And also this fresh-faced young gentleman you're seeing down here, Mr. Derp Hart, <laughs> is actually Craig Hart, but he had to go undergo a name change once he lost the beard. It was part of his SOTS contract. And we will be right back after our show's introduction. And that is our introduction. How's everybody doing today? We all good? I'm amazing. Ooh. And Craig, I'm feeling look, good too. Yeah, Craig, you look you look amazing. You're so light and streaming. I want to congratulate uh, Jim too for not cutting off his line before the the intro ran. <laughs> I've been I've been a little better about that the last few weeks. I've been con- uh, <laughs> what's the word? Not conscientious, but uh, um, cognizant. Mind- cognizant or mindful. A little more mindful. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Okay, so this is Story on the Spot. Let me explain what we do here. Uh, This is episode 28 of the world's first and only thriller fiction improv game show. And as we like to say here, if there is another thriller fiction improv game show, please let us know so we can come on your show and destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) We will annihilate you and make you never want to come back to podcasting. So just reach out to us. You know, you can reach me via the show page all right and <laughs> last week's winner mr r.a mcgee yes yes jim haskett I don't even jim know haskett, why. is it my turn to talk jim haskett <laughs> all right i'm not <laughs> wait a second am i unmuted no <laughs> it's actually pretty good i'm not gonna lie i won you're surprised that i won and i'm not you know why because you forget who you're dealing with. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! <laughs> the alligator. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ari McGee. I'm just leaving now because that's not going to get topped. So bye, everybody. Yeah. No, it's wow. Okay. Well, let's try to press on at least. So if you're watching, (laughs) here's what you're going to do. You are going to, let me put the banner that also explains that. You, we are going to, uh, I'm going to put up some story prompts and these guys, these three other authors are going to pitch each round. Uh, They're each going to submit a pitch and then you watch them and then you vote by comment on the post, which one you like. And then next week we will tally up the votes and we will see who is the winner. And Lisa Badger says, hi, boys. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Badger. Badger. All right. And I'm going to turn this off. And now we can start uh, our bonus word, kerfuffle, a commotion or fuss. So if you include that bonus word, you are going to get a... One of these guys over here. Hold on, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, yeah. Amazing, right? Secret word, brother. You also get a uh, bonus point. Uh, now Ari's transitioning over to some... <laughs> macho uh, man! Macho. <laughs> I'm living right. I'm living nature boy this week. Don't worry. <laughs> Step into a slim gym. All right. right. Here is our first story. Everyone get ready. This is called Trapdoor. Nightmares really do come true. 
As Leonard Swain, 33, waited at a bus stop in the Bronx, the sidewalk beneath him gave way and he dropped into a decrepit basement full of rats. Bystanders alerted authorities and Swain was rescued from the dark hole about 30 minutes later with injuries including a broken arm, broken leg, and scraped face. New York's Department of Buildings said the basement beneath the sidewalk was poorly maintained and the building was closed until repairs can be made. So... One of you three will be the first to tackle this story, and I cannot wait to find out which author among you is going to be brave enough to be the first to pitch us a story based on this trapdoor prompt. The nature boy will go first. The nature <laughs> boy is not scared of this prompt. All right, all right. You'll get bonus points if you can keep in character. No. No. Maybe that was a bad idea. Don't don't tempt me, Jim Heskett. Don't eat. All right. So listen, this is what happens with our story here. All right. I think that uh, as you guys are are all aware, I'm sure that uh, Gotham City in New York is sometimes also called Gotham. Okay, and that Gotham City is a is a thinly veiled reference to New York, and so. What I think here is I think we have a little bit of 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 overlap. You know what what we're not often taught in the history books, along with all the other stuff they pump our heads full of, is the fact that Batman was a very real person in the 40s and the 50s. Okay. And he kind of came to prominence because he had to fight this um rogues gallery of criminals that were popping up. And so I think that what we have here is a leftover remnant from the trap doors that he used to use to move around the city really fast, you know, because everyone would always be like, damn, there's Batman again. How did he get here so fast? Well, he's got trap doors underneath the city everywhere. So I think that what we're, what we have is a, uh, a case of our, our guy Leonard, I think his name was, was kind of just standing in the wrong place at the wrong time when some of the uh, pneumatic, uh, doors kind of fell. And I think that if he would have not just laid there like a wuss and complained about the rats and the broken leg, you know, if he would have just sucked it up a little bit that he could have followed the tunnels and uh, actually found the bat cave. So Leonard should have hobbled his way to the bat cave and he could have been the Batman, but instead he's just a schmuck with a broken arm and a broken leg. So <laughs> just a schmuck with a broken arm and leg. All righty. <clears throat> That, okay, correct. That's that's pretty close to what's happening. Um, were we supposed to be in character? Because if like, <laughs> well, first of all, um, <laughs> so Leonard was simply there at the wrong place at the wrong time. It didn't have anything to do directly with him. But what has happened is that he unwittingly has revealed what is actually running our entire world, and that is that we as as humans. And all of our grand ideas and schemes, and we think we're so bright, intelligent, and inventing things, whatnot, in our own, we're geniuses in our own minds. But what's happening is that everything actually is being run underground by rats. We are actually their rats, if you will. And Leonard has simply fallen through a point and uh, had a very unpleasant kerfuffle with the rats. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I did actually take that away. I don't, that's not good enough. That's, that's not a good one. I don't. I don't feel good about that at all. Uh, but no, he. Wow. And he was taken. <laughs> okay. See, 
with the with the that was all the dishonesty of the beard is gone. And I'm, I'm a new man. Just the real Craig, ladies and gentlemen. No, but he was take he was taken to the King of the Rats, and they had a conversation, and they kind of roughed him up a little bit because the injuries didn't happen during the fall because it wasn't that far. It's like if you tell anybody what's going on, we're gonna we're gonna come for you, and you know rats can get in anywhere. So you've got to keep this to yourself. And so he's, he just had to, you know, play that down. It's like, yeah, it was just basic rat stuff going on down there. No, nothing nefarious at all. They weren't building machines. They weren't, you know, didn't have a lot of screens up watching people as they walked around. He's very specific in his denials, which mm. was probably raised some red flags. But mm. basically, yeah, he just, he unwittingly uncovered the, the secret of the world and uh, had to keep it quiet. Yeah, the master splinter paradox. I know. I know it well. <laughs> the old master splinter trick. <laughs> All right, Nick Packer. What do you okay. <clears throat> well, this to me, well, not just to me. I mean, the objectively fact, the story is classic, classic story of, uh, of body swap going on. Um, so we've got a guy who has, um, um, you know, the other guys were close. Like it was similar to kind of a Batman splinter, you know, rat type story. Um, they, they were kind of close, but they didn't hit the nail on the head. What really is going on here is get a guy who has lived in the shadows, who's lived in the shadows um, for many years uh, because he, he actually bought a building a long time ago that uh, um, he knew butted up against, or it was, was basically on top of the basement was butting up against an old, um, you've seen the New York city has these subways, um, like these tunnels that were completely walled off and like lost. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but like they, they find them every now and then where there's like a car in them, like a subway car, but it's all closed off and, and totally inaccessible. Like they just decided to, to not build a subway there over the years. Um, so he knows there's one there. And so he kind of turns it into a secret layer. Um, and from there he's built little tunnels out around the city. And so what he does um, for his um, nefarious purposes, uh, he needs human studies he needs human human subjects for his uh, studies for his trials and so what he does is he finds people that kind of look similar to him and um he kind of tracks them a little bit and then you know waits until they appear in a spot in the city that's close enough and then he kind of <clears throat> you know sends messages to their phones or whatever to get them to to go where he needs them to go which happened to be right on top of these trap doors that he's built throughout the city and then he clicks a button bam the guy falls through and, you know, and the, you know, the news thinks that it took 30 minutes. Well, what was happening in that 30 minutes is he was uh, switching clothes with the guy um, and, and drugging him, dragging him off into his little secret subway layer. And then, you know, coming back with the, with the guy's clothes and going, hey, I'm right here. I'm OK. And then coming back up. And uh, after that, you know, um, <clears throat> he, he plays a little game where, you know, if they've got a family or something like that, um, he tries to leave a paper trail that makes it look like he has just completely abandoned his family. And he was on the way to do that. And that's what he did that morning. So basically this guy comes back up and he's gets on the train and he flies out of town and just disappears. Um, so the family writes him off thinking, you know, he's, he's just gone. Um, you know, whatever that was super weird. He fell on a trap door and then decided he didn't want to be with us anymore, but you know, Hey, life is life. That's what they all think. And so then the, the real guy comes back and goes back to the lair and does his trials. And, you know, it's a little bit elaborate, but he's really found that this is the most efficient way of getting the subjects. All right. Thank you, Nick Thacker. Now you watching at home, it doesn't matter if you're watching live or if you're watching the replay, uh, just leave us a comment down below of which of those three pitches you thought deserved to win. Now we're going to move on to another round of character plot story, but Thacker, before you start groaning, I made this one easier. 
So you'll see. My stories it's, have been incredible every time. <laughs> I know, but last where week outer space came from. Last week you were like, <laughs> this like, is where right. this is where the, the meta pirate uh, uh, Tamagotchi game or whatever they're called came from. So here in this round, Wait, is that a figure skater? Tamagotchi. Figure skating. Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's um, Christy Yamaguchi, bro. I was close. There you go. Very kind of. Okay, so the character is going to be your series hero, your series mm. protagonist. And the plot is going to be find a lost cat, do laundry with no detergent, win a pine derby race, eat 20 scorpion peppers, or chop down a tree. And the twist is that your hero is under the influence. And you could be, you know, under the influence, you'd be <laughs> drunk or high, whatever you want. However you want to interpret that is up to you. So who click it. Click it. Click the click the damn thing. Click, click the, it. Click, click it right click. now. What what do you say? Click it. Click it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he knows. I don't know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, comments? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nick got a Badger. vote. And he was very and it also concerned. covers up Craig's <sighs> Craig's face, which is See, always a win. Next time you post in the VIP reader group, it's not showing up. It just magically won't be there. Hey now, okay. Let's not touch your mouth, derp. what? Derp, derp, derp. Okay, Nick, you went last. You went last in the last round, so you go first in character plot twist. Okay, uh, should I choose Ember Clark for this? What do you think? Sure, if you want to. Harvey Bennett. I mean, I feel like this, I'll just do Harvey Bennett because I mean, I've pretty much written this as the intro scene for all of my Harvey Bennett books already. He's always drunk or uh, drinking with his friend Reggie and he's always trying to do something stupid like uh, eat 20 scorpion peppers. Uh, so I'll do uh, laundry with no detergent and Hero is under the influence. So this is Harvey Bennett, ladies and gentlemen, trying to do laundry with no detergent. Um. God, I don't, man. Okay. Um, um, I have no idea. Uh, let's see. So the problem is I can't think of any twist. Well, you've given us the twist, right? But why is mm-hmm. that a twist? Oh, that's not really a twist. It's just an added element. Yeah. I just don't know where to go with this. Um, so he's doing laundry, but he doesn't have detergent. So he holds his whiskey up and pours a little bit of there and, uh, the clothes come out smelling like alcohol, I guess. <laughs> I really wanted to make sure that we got you in solo layout so we could wow. see the so we could see the sweat dribble down your forehead as uh, HD flop sweat. The dot on my nose. <clears throat> okay, now, let I, me I go. Refuse to sweat. I refuse to go. sweat. I'll I'm go. not gonna let him get the best of me. I'll, I'll just give him a story. That's all I'm gonna do. I understand. Listen, I'll go. Craig, you take a second to think about this, all right? If you don't mind, sir. All right. My, so my hero is uh, is uh, I'm gonna go with my main series, uh, well the longest series. His name is Porter. All right, he's gonna be trying to find a lost cat, and he's under the influence. All right, so Porter has an unfortunate history of uh, just kind of getting injured in the course of his books. You know, I don't like bulletproof people, and uh, he's always mixing it up, doing things he's not supposed to. And so as he's recovering from his latest uh, gunshot injury. Um, he does something that he's very reticent to do, which is uh, he's taking uh, Percocet. All right. He, it's not really his thing, but uh, he's got a high pain tolerance, he, but he's all jacked up. And so he's laying on the couch, you know, just kind of like uh, having that really nice feeling, you know, that you have when you're all doped up on Percocet. And he gets a phone call and uh, it's someone who found his card. You know, he's a, he's a finder of people. 
right? That's what Porter does, okay? And someone found his card and they said, you know, come to this address, we've got a job for you. And normally he wouldn't get off the couch, but he's just just toasty enough to think, oh, this might be kind of fun. So he uh, catches a ride with his best friend. Best friend drops him off because obviously that's responsible. He's smart enough to know he can't drive while he's doped up. Walks up to the house, uh, you know, rings the doorbell and a little kid answers, you know, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, the voice on the phone was this weird raspy guy. And then little little kid says, yeah, that was me. I ran a voice through a filter, but I want to hire you to find my cat. And Porter goes, I don't I don't find cats, kid. This is not cool with me. You know what I mean? And the kid says, come on, man. What do you got to lose? You're ob- you're just standing here with, a, you know, your beard's too long. You need a shower. You're obviously high. You could use the money. And so Porter goes, all right, fine. Uh, you know, tell me tell me more about the cat. So he describes a cat. Right. And, uh, you know, big old Maine Coon cat. So Porter goes, well, those are the only cool cats. So maybe I'll, I'll go looking for this thing. So he feet beats around the neighborhood. He's looking and he's looking and he's looking. And on the corner, he finds uh, uh, the little tag with the if you've seen me thing. So he goes, oh, this is really weird. So he goes around the corner a little bit further and he finds the collar. And he goes, this is really strange. You know, where is this cat at? And he kind of walks around. He's a he's a tall guy. He's a big guy. So he's looking over fences and everything as he goes. And he catches the eye. He gets his eye on the main coon cat. And he goes, well, what the heck's that? Jumps over the fence, goes. The cat runs away, right? Runs into the shed where it's got like a nice little uh, setup, you know, kitty litter and all that stuff. So he grabs the cat. And as he turns around, there's a guy that confronts him in the doorway, right? So obviously, Porter, high or not, he can still handle himself. He lumps the guy up. And as he's about to put the guy out, the guy goes, wait, 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 wait. He goes, it's, 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 it's my cat. It's my cat. Porter goes, man, you better explain yourself. What do you mean this is your cat? And he goes, the kid is my kid. This is my cat, but I'm allergic and I can't stand it. You know, I can't, I can't have it in the house, but I don't want to kill it because my kid will be upset. So I built this little shed for it to live in. You know, I'll give you any amount of money if you don't, uh, if you don't A, kill me and B, take the cat back. But Porter, being the principal guy that he is, takes the cat back, hands it to the kid, tells the kid, hey, your dad's a piece of garbage, and uh, goes on about his way, lays out on the couch, and uh, takes a snooze. It was a busy afternoon for the guy. So, <laughs> I can't wait for the follow-up short story where that kid's in therapy later. It's like, I used to have so much... Well, the follow-up, the follow-up would be the kid runs away from home, and then the dad pays Porter to go find the kid, and the kid is actually mixed up with a uh, uh, child prostitution ring, and Porter has to kill everybody that's involved. Excellent. I look forward to the scene. I remember you. That's right. (laughs) 20 years ago, my cat. That's right. That's right. It works. It all works. All right, Craig, are you going to tell us a story about Shelby? Uh, so first of all, I do want to say that what, there's a dis, decided downside to going last, is, which is because everybody expects that you've had plenty of time to think and therefore should have the best story. So there, there's always that. Um, but conveniently for me, and then by extension everybody else, is that this is exactly the plot of the recent Shelby book that I've been working on. So Shelby Alexander... Um, chopping down a tree while under the influence. It was a dark and stormy night, first of all. And Shelby has come home after leaving his girlfriend's house, who has told him, 
look, you've been living in danger so long and it's a miracle you've survived this long, but I can't deal with the stress. So either move on, put away your violent ways or we're through. So he goes home and starts, you know, pounding them back, of course. And <clears throat> he, he starts reliving his past and he starts thinking about his arch enemy, which happens to be a, a villain by the name of Kerfuffle Johnson. He's mm. back, guys. <laughs> the back. old Craig is back. But I like that one better, though. That's the thing. <clears throat> no, but so he gets pretty drunk and he's like, what are you talking about? Retired. And you've got to understand that the whole point of the series really is that he is an aging uh, aging tough guy, right? He's having a hard time coming to grips with that. Anyway, he stumbles out of his cabin there in, and in Michigan, northern Michigan, and uh, starts wandering in the wood. I get you, kerfuffle, but and he starts punching the trees. He's just knocking down trees with his bare hands, right and left. And by dawn, there's just a huge swath of woods. It's just laid to waste by this drunk guy uh, chopping down trees with the bare hands. And this book is going to be the series um, finale because he is then arrested, charged with un- with reckless and unlawful deforestation and gets a life sentence. And that's mm-hmm. I, I, this is a, you know, breaking news right here. That's the end of the end of the series. Uh, Amazon best selling series ends. That's how it ends. Yeah. I am Arbor definitely abuse. just writing down reckless and unlawful deforestation. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great episode title. <laughs> All right. So we're done with character plot twist. Now it's intermission. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Anyone have anything to promote? Anything important going on they want to talk about? God, here's your platform. Hmm. <clears throat> Oh, I will say Northern Lake Audio is going to be taking, um, focusing a lot more on thrillers. And I'm toying with the idea of making it thriller only because uh, there are some other projects I've been doing that I have become weary of. And so thrillers are what I what I enjoy doing. It's what I know best. And I think we could do well with those. So just okay. heads up for the, the possible future of the, of the audiobook company there. You heard it here first, folks. Breaking news from Craig. Anybody else got anything real quick? If only there was like a survey, a survey that readers could fill out to answer questions about a potential upcoming project. That That'd be, be cool, awesome. man. Yeah. I don't remember the <laughs> URL though. <laughs> well, the problem is it's a stupid Google form. So it's like gl.se.slash.questionmark. It'll be in the, in the show notes. It'll be in the comments down here in Facebook somewhere. Sure. So if you're a reader and you want to uh, answer a quick survey, we would appreciate your input. Yeah, I'll launch something cool, everyone. That's what we're doing. We're launching something cool. It's in the top secret phase right now. It is going to behoove you to kerfuffle your way to that form and let us know if you're interested in something cool. I was going to um, give you the secret word just for behoove. I didn't even I know. know I was like, gonna I'm going to double up on these two. I'm going to double up on these <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Now, uh, we're at 23 minutes, so this will be our final round. This is called The Meth Made Me Do It. Traffic slowed to a crawl, and people got out of their cars on a busy roadway in China, hoping to collect banknotes that were raining down from the sky. As it turned out, the money wasn't coming from heaven, but from an unnamed 29-year-old man who was high on methamphetamine in his 30-story high apartment overlooking the street. 
As he showered passersby with money, police arrived and took him into custody, and he then received treatment. All right. <clears throat> I think I got this. All right, Craig, you are welcome to go first. What do you think happened here? So this unnamed fellow <clears throat> is, um, he was out on the, the seashore one day and he looked down something that washed up and it was like a, a little kind of a bowl of some sort or a, a vase or some vase a vase and a vase. <laughs> and, uh, he took it home to his foyer and, wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And he was just, you know, this is kind of rubbing the dust off of it. All of a sudden, poof, you know, a, a genie pops out. Totally original story, by the way. So if you think you've heard it before, you're wrong. Um, genie pops out and says, young man, what can I do for you? You have one wish and one wish, one wish only. I'm an old genie. I don't have energy for three. So make it a good one. <laughs> and the guy says, okay, um, I want limitless money. Limitless money. <clears throat> Uh, problem no Boop. so there you go so he goes out and spends a thousand dollars looks into a bank account a debit and then immediately a thousand dollar credit so no no exp no actual expenditures it's in unlim unlimited money so yeah, this is awesome so he goes and does all, all, the, all the stupid things that a, what, a 29 year old guy would do with unlimited money and but it starts getting old after a while he's well you know it's like what else can i do i'm getting kind of bored with all this money and suddenly there's the, a gang guy comes up is the leader of the, of the gang entire gang in the city and says, give me all your money. And it's okay. Well, sends him, I have, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. All I've got. Okay. Well, the insiders of the gang searches bank accounts. Like, wait a minute, that's not all your money. You have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. So he keeps giving them money after money. And this goes on and they keep thinking he's leading them on. So they keep you know, beating him up and breaking bones and whatnot. And finally, he goes, I've got to get rid of this money. So he runs to the top of this building and he's just, just doing this all day long, trying to get rid of the money. And of course it's not working. And it's finally <laughs> just gives up. I can't live with it anymore. A little higher and off he goes. <clears throat> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's money. Okay. It's like, <laughs> what's going on down there? <laughs> It was money, RA. We we oh, thought. No, never mind. It was it, it's money, bro. It's okay, money. I'm sorry, I, but I He's think you were money with thing. me. I think you were with me, Nick. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I I'm in. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's what you thought it was. No, no. Um, no, but he finally gives up and dives off the building, um, and and ends it all because just can't take the pressure anymore of having all that money. All right, thank you, Craig. I'm going to put the story back up here. Nick or RA, who wants to be the um, the the, uh, the middle part of the Oreo? Meat in the sandwich. Stuffing in the tortilla. <laughs> duck in the turkey? How long can okay. you go with it? All right. The, the, yeah, the ducking in the turf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, let me get this. Let me get this abomination out of me. <laughs> so, uh oh, uh, oh, there you are. The, oh, am I good? You're good. He's clicking that. He's All clicking right. that lag button. The little yeah, lag yeah. Button I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna dug this thing. You know, I figure if I just freeze enough, you guys will just nuke me, and I won't have to do the story. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that our. Uh, our guy that was that was high uh, is part of a uh, crew of bank robbers, okay, and they have uh, 
Um, been very prolific over the last few years. They've just robbed and they've robbed and they've robbed. And, um, you know, he's not really too keen on it. He's not sure how he's kind of fitting in the world right now, you know, because he doesn't really want to rob banks and stuff, but he doesn't really want to be poor. And so that's, you know, those ideas are opposed to each other. Well, he kind of develops a substance abuse problem to escape from the daily turmoil of trying to understand his place in the world. And on this particular night in question, um, you know, his, his weed dealer was out of weed. And so he said, well, since I'm out of weed, I think the next logical step is methamphetamine, you know, nothing in between. Let's just go straight from weed to meth. All right. So the guy goes, all right, cool. And he does so much meth that he ends up curled up in the toilet and he thinks that he has seen God. He thinks that he's seen God. He's so high that he thinks the Lord is talking to him. All right. And he thinks that the Lord tells him that the only way that you'll achieve salvation is if you get rid of this money that you have stockpiled at your house. And if you do that, I'll wipe the slate clean and you can go and continue on the path of righteousness. So that's why our man goes out to the balcony and starts making it rain and dropping money all over the city. So he saw God and now he's trying to be a better man. Thank you, R.A. McGee. All right, Nick Thacker, it is up to you to bring us home for the day. <laughs> I forgot where my camera was. Um, this is a classic story of um, of a of a Sopranos situation. Here we got a mob mafia type guy um, who kind of runs things in the town uh, of China, and um, the the in guy El China, El, El, El Chino. Um, yeah, the, uh, the guy, so here's what happens. He, he has a daughter that he, who, whom he loves very, very much. Um, the, the hero of our story, not the, not the mob boss. Um, and she's very sick and he doesn't have the money to save her. And so he goes to, um, this mafia guy and he says, look, I, I know how this works. Um, I'll owe you a favor, um, or something like that, but I just, I really want to save my girl's life. And if, if you can just lend me a hundred thousand dollars, um, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm an accountant, you know, I'll pay, it'll take a while, but I'll, I'll pay it back. Um, and that'll get her treatment, the treatment she needs. They know exactly what it is. We just can't afford it. Um, and so he, you know, the mob mafia guy says, you know, here's the deal. I'm, I'm actually a very honest man of integrity. Um, I will not lie to you. You will owe me a favor. Um, and, uh, you know, as long as you, uh, as long as you don't lie to me, then we'll be done. And he said, okay, great. So he gives him the money and he gets his daughter uh, help. And then the mob, mob, a mafia guy says, all right, here's the favor I need. I'm trying to get my drugs being uh, circulated through the professional business community, accountants, kind of like you, lawyers. Um, I need somebody to, to uh, basically test this, this methamphetamine on. I need somebody to actually test this drug on and, and you're it. And he goes, no, 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 I, anything but that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And the guy says, look, here's the deal. I'm honest. And you told me you'd be honest. So this is the favor I need. So naturally he gets hooked on methamphetamine and loses his job and his you know, daughter who he saved his saved her life is now, you know, threatening to leave him. And, and just, it's just a bad situation all around. This guy doesn't know how to get out of it. Um, he goes to the mafia guy and he just begs. He's like, look, I can't, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I just, 
and the mafia guy says, here's more money. You just keep buying more meth. That's all you need to do. And, um, and he gets a suitcase and he goes, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to run away. And the guy says, the mafia guy says, if you, if you lose that money or if you give that money um, <clears throat> to somebody else, then you are, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your daughter all that. If you, if you spend that money on anything besides methamphetamine or you lose that suitcase, you know, lose it. Um, those are two things. If you lose it and if you, if you, um, if you uh, spend it on something besides the methamphetamine that I told you to, then you're dead. And he goes, okay, fine. So in his elaborate plan, um, hooked on meth one night, he goes up to the third, 30th story of the building and he knows exactly where the suitcase is full of money. So he's not losing it. And he is not spending it on anything besides methamphetamine. And he just drops it all out the window, hoping that because the man is a man of his word, he said, look, you told me not to do these two things. And I didn't do those two things. I just sprinkled the money down upon innocent bystanders. So I should be free now. Um, it's like a really dark gets, rooster's million. Yeah, he gets he gets stabbed in prison because the mob boss is pissed at him. So, ouch, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, so another shows in the books. We want to encourage you to visit storyonthespot.live because that's where you will find show notes, all the places you can uh, link to us, all the all the places you can find us. You can find at storyonthespot.live, including all of these guys' websites. And I will put a link to that super secret project we're not ready to talk about in the show notes. And I'll drop a comment uh, down below, at least on their Facebook post. Anybody have any parting words of wisdom before we get out of here? <laughs> Badger has redeemed herself. She can now she can now post on the VIP page again. <laughs> hey, Lisa, you've been forgiven. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's our regular time. Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, all.